Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? It's it's an honor to be welcomed into your life. It's an honor to be welcomed into your car. It's an honor. I know, Mama, you're probably sitting there in the carpool line saying, oh, I need some hope. Well, guess what? Today we are having part two of my Hey, God, Hey message. Um, and it is so hopeful. What does God do with your Hagar's when you create a problem? What is a Hagar? A Hagar is a problem you've created in order to manipulate your way to God's promise. How's that for some straight talk? Um, we are going to learn all about that today. If you do not hear part one, I encourage you to listen to the podcast on part one. It's incredibly powerful. Um, what God, um, this whole story about Hagar and how God's grace covers our mistakes. I hope you enjoy part two of Hagar. Hey, check us out on social media. Thank you for listening. Hagar was not God's option for Abraham and Sarah. But Sarah had Abraham's ear. And she chose in that moment to put something wife approved into his ear that she thought would be good for them. Wife, I just want you to pause for a minute and and ask yourself, Do I tear my husband down in that tender moment when he comes to me and asks for my counsel? Do I tear my husband down when he's struggling? Do I lead him off of the path of the promise? Or do I lead him to our God? What do you choose to do? Statistically speaking, probably about half of you guys are doing it right. And about half of you guys aren't getting it right. Women, our voice is so incredibly important to our husbands. And this one led Abraham astray. This was her way of making the promise happen. Please go into my maid, she she says. Perhaps I will obtain a child through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. After Abraham had lived in the land of Canaan, For 10 years, Abraham's wife took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, as his wife. He went into Hagar, she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress despised her in her sight. Now, this is... um, Really interesting to me because here, here, Abraham had a misstep, Sarah had a misstep, um, and all of a sudden, um, it actually happens. Sarah's suggestion to Abraham seemed to have worked. It seemed to be exactly um, producing the fulfillment of the promise. It seemed to work. Um, but guess what? As soon as that child was born, Sarah hated her. This tells me that this, when God gives us a promise, it is outside of our ability uh, to make it happen. If 
Hagar was part of God's perfect plan for Abraham and Sarah, Sarah wouldn't have hated her immediately. She wouldn't have looked at her with, with really, she despised her. So she wouldn't have looked at her with hate at all after the baby was born. She would have looked at her with the fruit of the spirit, peace, joy, patience. She would have not looked at her with contempt. This is a perfect example of when we have produced Hagar's in our life. When we produce something and automatically, maybe Satan even leads us into creating something and automatically we know after the thing is created, Ishmael was created, he was born, automatically we know that that's not what God had. This is a telltale sign. Some of you guys are sitting uh, and listening to this and you know that you have manipulated um, circumstances to try to achieve the promise of God. You know you have manipulated people. You know you have manipulated your husband. You know you've manipulated your kids or a position or you've used your position for the wrong thing. When you know you have a Hagar is when you look at that thing and you despise it because you know God's plan was was greater. And that's exactly what happened here. When we understand that God is, if when God gives us a promise, and we have so many promises to claim, I'm looking at a Bible, I'm not going to be the idiot that's not going to actually claim the promises of God in the word. I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm going to put forth the, um, the process that God wants me to walk through in order to achieve the promise. I don't want to manipulate God's hand. I don't want to manipulate humanity to get something a little bit early because that means it is not approved by the Lord. But that's exactly what Sarah did. When you understand that God has got a process for your promise, it takes the stress out of it, people. Some of you guys got given you a promise of like a child, man. And, and I mean, could that be any more tender? That's exactly what Abraham and Sarah had a child. We have friends um, that God had promised them a, a child. My husband and I are very dear friends of ours. God had promised them a child. They're married 15 years. No kid. No, no, not even a pregnancy. After 15 years and my husband, and I have been friends with them for a really, really long time. They felt like they had a promise, but you know, they had weak moments. They had moments where they said, you know what? I don't know if this is in the cards for us, but God had given them a, a promise. And me and my husband stood by them. We stood by them. And just last year, she gave birth to twins. When God gives us a promise, the process to the promise is going to be God ordained. We don't have to try to make the thing happen. Do we have to wait? Absolutely. But God is in charge of the promise to get to the uh, the process to get to the promise. We are not in charge of that process. And he will lead us in the process in the exact way that we need to go in order to reach that promise. You know who you are today, who are stressed out. You're stressed out of your mind because you're trying to achieve fame. You're trying to achieve a name. You're trying to achieve a pregnancy. You're trying to achieve a mate. Oh my goodness. This happens with, um, with, uh, dating all the time. Girls, you are dating guys. You have no business dating. They treat you like junk. They do not respect you. They're asking for sex. 
And I know you may be 45 years old and you think I'm 45. I have the right to have sex. Not according to the word of God. You don't. Oh, no, you don't. Not until you're married. Some of you men are dating women just to get married, to try to put together a fulfillment to the promise that God has had. Guess what? You do not have to manipulate anything to receive God's promise. If he said it, he will do it. I see people that are actually using sin, sin to get what they want. People are sinning in order to get what God has promised them. I I think about this and I'm just going to go on this tangent because I know a lot of ministry leaders um, listen to the show and I've heard from you and God bless you and (laughs) thanks for listening. Um, But I think of let's let's take ministry just for a church, a church split. I want to just really hone in on this. You who are listening that God has said you're going to plant your own church one day. um, You do not sin in order to make that happen. Don't sin. If you are attending a church, don't take half of the members with you and lie about your leadership and lie uh, and, and, and embellish things that have happened in a room where there's no witnesses. Don't lie about your leadership in order to do it. If God has said, hey, listen, and I feel the Holy Spirit on this. I, I'm just telling you, I feel like we're, we're, we're speaking to someone today. If God has said, hey, I want you to plant a church, you wait on his timing because his timing is not going to cause division. It is going to cause unity. His timing is going to make you launch your church or your ministry, or whatever it is to glorify his name, not to glorify your name. So don't you dare, if God has said, hey, I want you to start a church and you're attending a church and you you're, you start, you, you are feeling Satan tempt you and to try to manipulate people in the church to go with you, don't you dare. Because God is not going to use sin in order to accomplish his, the fulfillment of the promise that he has given you. You honor your leadership, no matter if they're wrong, you honor them and you watch God honor you through the process of honoring them. That church, if he has said it, it will absolutely happen, but you do it the right way. Do not use sin to achieve a promise that God has given you. You be a man and a woman of integrity. This happens in ministries all the time too. You're involved in a ministry and you, you, you want a little piece of the pie and you think that God has said, Hey, I want you to start a ministry. Don't you dare pull down that ministry in order to get your agenda across. You wait, you wait on the sovereign God to reveal your time, your chance. Wait for him to speak to you. People are using sin in order to try to make the fulfillment of of the promise happen. God's not going to use sin in order to create the fulfillment of your promise. He's just absolutely not going to do that. So here we go back to the text. So we just got done with um, Genesis 21. Now I'm going to take you over to Genesis 20. I'm sorry, Genesis 16. I'm going to take you over to Genesis 21. And we're going to go down here for a minute. And read a little bit. Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had 
said. (laughs) This is kind of funny to me a little bit. The Lord took note of Sarah as he had said. The God that gave the promise in Genesis 12 is the God that remembered the woman he was going to bring the promise through. Then he took note of Sarah just as he had said. Let me just pause. He's going to take note of you just as he had said. Let that encourage you. Let that encourage you. He took note of Sarah in spite of the fact that she had manipulated her husband and produced a Hagar. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. What a great passage of scripture that did. He did it. He did it. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his own age at the appointed time, which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah born to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Verse eight says this, the child grew and was weaned and Abraham made a great feast on the day Isaac was weaned. So here we, um, whoops, here we go. Whoops. God actually did what he said he was going to do. Two missteps out of Abraham and Sarah, but God still did what he said he is going to do. That's why I can 100% tell you that your missteps do not cancel out God's steps. According to this text right here, according to this example right here, you, yes, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, slap your wrist a little bit about the missteps, but We can take hope in the fact that if we try to produce an Eleazar to make God's promise happen, or if we try to produce an Ishmael in order to make God's promise happen, our missteps do not cancel out God's steps because he is greater than our missteps. Let me encourage you today, those that are, you're saying, hey, listen, that is me. I have had a misstep. I have dated the wrong person. Maybe you're engaged to someone that you know is not in God's plan for you. Your missteps do not cancel out out God's steps. I want you to break up with that guy that you're engaged to and wait for God's best for your life. Now, if you're married, that's a different story. I really feel like I need to qualify because a lot of people will message me and say, your message, can I divorce my husband? Well, guess what? You're going to have to go to a different part of scripture in order to see if it's permissible. Because once you're married, that is a covenant relationship. You need to either get into counseling. You need to do everything you can to save that marriage. You need to put the work in that you may not have put in so far in order to save that marriage. You have got yourself into a covenant before the Lord. So you need to go to some scriptures about marriage and about divorce in order to figure that out. I am not giving you license to divorce your husband. Don't email me. 
I'm going to send them to my assistant to read because that is not what I'm saying, okay? But I am saying, if you are at a point where you are trying to produce God's promise and you are sitting in the midst of a mess because you have created a Hagar, God's steps are greater for you. Whoops. God actually did what he said he was going to do. This is so interesting to me. Now, verse 9 Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, mocking. Now, that mocking just means playing. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. What is he mocking is what I was at. But you look in the original language, it just means playing. She saw him. He's probably a teenager at this point. Here she has this tiny little baby Isaac that, um, oh, actually happened. Oh, here we go. Isaac's here. Whoa, we have an Ishmael too. Hold on a second. What do we do? She saw him. She didn't like him when he was first born, but now we we have a huge problem because which is the one that God is going to bring his blessing through? Well, God said through Abraham and Sarah's seed, that's how it's going to come about. Now we have um, extra seed. What happens then? What he, she said to uh, Abraham, therefore, she said to Abraham, drive out this maid and her son. For the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son, Isaac. Drive him out. Now, I, I want to bring a couple points in the time that we have left. Number one, Hagar was a blessing to Sarah until God honored his promise. Hagar was a blessing to Sarah. She thought that that's how the promise was going to happen until God honored his promise. Let me ask you, those of you that are dabbling in Hagar's with relationships or finances, or you're trying to send to make something happen, or you're trying to produce a child some way. And God's saying, listen, I just want you to wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen perfectly. It's going to happen my way. When God actually does what he says he's going to do, you will despise the Hagar that you're producing. There was a problem. When the promise comes, we'll hate our Hagars is what I actually have written down. What does God do with our Hagars? Whoops, the promise came. What does God do? Is he mad at us? Does he chastise us? What does he do? I'm so thankful that we serve a God that is so full of grace and so full of mercy that when we miss steps, when we, when we, when we misstep, his grace covers it with his step. So she says, therefore, she said to Abraham, drive out this maid, her son, for the son of this maid shall not be my heir. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. Of course, you can imagine, uh uh-oh, we've got a big problem here. My wife is telling me to push my own son out and Hagar out. The matter distressed him. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac, your descendants shall be named. What does God do with our Hagar's? He asks us 
to separate from them. It's very interesting to me that Sarah, Sarah did something that we think is unthinkable, you know, saying, I know I produced this mess, Abraham, but now I can't even stand to look at her. And, um, Sarah, uh, Abraham takes the thing to the Lord and he says, you know, what do I do? And God says, yeah, do what she said, do what she said, because I had Isaac in mind back in Genesis 12 when I gave you the promise. I had Isaac in mind this whole time. So yes, you did mess up. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Separate from the child and separate from Hagar. So that's what I'm going to tell you to do today. Those of you that are listening, you need to separate from your Hagar, whatever that is. You're staring at a mess. You're standing at a financial mess. You're staring at a relationship that's a mess that you're trying to make work because God told you you were going to be married. You're staring um, at a mess professionally because you know that you're supposed to be the boss and you've manipulated and lied. Separate from your Hagar. It's exactly what God said, because you know what? God knew that he was going to be more gracious to Hagar than Sarah ever would have been. God knew how he was going to deal with Hagar and Ishmael and Sarah would have mistreated her and him for the rest of her life because of the disdain that she had on him. God knew this is what God does. This is how good he is. Y'all. This is what he does for us. When we misstep, he steps in and takes care of our mistakes. He takes care of our Hagar's and that's exactly what we see him doing. How does God take care of our Hagar's? He covers them with grace. So beautiful. So Abraham rose early. This is Genesis 21, 14. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and skin of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder and gave her to the boy and sent her away. She departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was in the skin, she, when the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him about a bow shot away. For she said, don't let me see the boy die. Ugh. and she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. This is what happens to our Hagar's y'all. What, what, what happens? What do I do? I've been totally used. God heard the lad crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter with you, Hagar? Don't fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, hold him by the hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes. She saw a well of water and she went and filled the the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. What did God do with the Hagar, the mistake that was created? He took care of it. You think, oh, if I separate from this situation, what in the world is God going to do? He's going to take care of it. And he is going to make sure that that promise is fulfilled. Your missteps, sweet listener, do not cancel out his steps. Your missteps do not, according to this passage, which I don't know how much more blatant you can get. They do not cancel out his steps because God is greater. I want to just, um, the next couple minutes that I have here, are you Sarah and Abraham? Are you trying to produce something? Stop. Just stop. 
and wait. But some of you guys are Hagar. Some of you guys are the girl who was used. I, I've definitely been Hagar. Um, I've definitely been the one that people have used me for, you know, position, finances. Um, they've used me for all sorts of different things. And um, it's not fun to be used and it's not good and, and it's mean um, to be used by somebody else to achieve for them uh, something selfish. You may be the Hagar. And you may be looking around and saying, what do I do now? Uh, They're done with me. They've used me. They've got what they wanted. What do I do now? And my challenge to you today is to forgive. God's forgiveness is there. You have the assurance through this passage of scripture that God God is absolutely going to take care of you. Some of you are Abraham and Sarah, and some of you are Hagar. And I want you to know that he will absolutely um, take care of you and your situation. Surrender it. Don't get bitter because of it. Psalm 37, which is my favorite Psalm uh, 22 and 23 says this, the steps of a man are are established by the Lord and he delights in his way. 24 says this, when he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know you may fall, but you're not going to be thrown too far out because God is going to hold your hand. Love you guys. I hope this encourages you today. Listen tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.